0: Hello and welcome to the Employability Services new podcast channel, Bernessa. My
1: name is Fiona Davis, and my name is Dr. Beth Edwards, and we'll be hosting each and every episode of this new channel. Today we're welcoming a new guest to our podcast. Yes, yeah, so the theme for
0: this episode is career stories. And we'll be hearing from Georgina Merkel, did I say that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> thank today you. and hearing all about her story. Great. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, no, thank you for uh, inviting me. I'm like, yeah. I'm excited. Oh, good. It's good to have you here. <laughs> but before getting into the questions then, would you mind just introducing yourself a little bit, telling us a bit about you? Yeah,
2: so I'm Georgina. I'm a Bangor University grad, so I did my BA and my MA at Bangor uh, back in like, I think I finished my degree in 2018, my master's, and then I went on, got a job, but then I started my own business, and I've stayed here in North Wales, I'm in Marist now, Um, but I'm originally from the Midlands, and I came to Bangor for university. And I run my own business. It's called Topper, which used to be called the organized personal assistant. But then we started to offer way more stuff than just PA stuff. So we've just become Topper for good. And I offer uh, online business services and consultancy, which is sounds like a really fluffy term. (laughs) And like, what does that even mean? But basically, I support business owners at like any part of their business. So that's like doing stuff like operation support, admin stuff, events organizing creating online courses, and then also consulting on businesses to make them help them make more money, um, which is, like, the key, isn't it, when you start yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think everyone all thinks about the money side. But, yeah, no, thank you. So much. I'm really looking forward to finding out a bit more about your career journey and how you've got to where you are today. Okay, yeah. cool. Me too. Sounds so interesting. So first question, we're
0: starting right, 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 right from the beginning okay. here. So I'm going to ask you what your dream job was as a child, like, your non-realistic, maybe, dream okay. job, not like your, this is what I'm going to be and have... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I don't
2: think I ever had, like, an unrealistic job okay. idea ever. I, like, I never wanted to do anything hugely, dramatically fun. <laughs> um, for the longest time, I thought I was going to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. I just... I like being with people. I like helping people. I always loved my teachers at school, and I always thought I was going to be a teacher. Um but there are so many, like it's very hard work being a teacher. And yeah. I think I, yeah, I decided not to go down that path. And I also thought about being a paramedic at like one moment in my life, mm. why that had lots of raised eyebrows when yeah. I said that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so something around helping people, I think was the uh-huh. key. But then, and I always really did like business. So I did a business uh, b-tech when I did my GCSEs and I was the only girl in the class so it was just a whole class of boys and just me <laughs> and I ended up finishing my coursework like I don't know about three months before them so then I was just allowed to do whatever I wanted in those classes <laughs> we had five classes a week so I just used to like wander around the school go and hang out in media and do stuff and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and I actually organized like a charity event at school when I was like in year nine so that was around yeah like around that time um called Teachers Got Talent. So it's a bit like oh, has Got was. Talent. And yeah, we raised money for a piece one day. And after that, someone said, you should apply to be on Junior Apprentice. And I was like, yes. I was like, I was like a boss. Okay, so <laughs> I was, so I applied and did my application. I got an interview and I went into Birmingham and did my interview. And like, I walked into this room and was totally intimidated by every single person in there. They were all these like young people. I think maybe they were ranging like 12 to 18 and they just were so confident. And I'm, I was, I'm confident on the outside, but like not on the inside. So I like looked around this room and I was like, okay, I'm not gonna be able to do this. <laughs> so I like, they made us all stand in like a semicircle. And we'd start talking about our businesses or like what we wanted to do about ourselves. I just didn't say hardly anything. And then they tapped you on the shoulder to ask you to leave. And I got that tap and I was like, right, I'm going oh, home. God. And I remember coming down the stairs, my dad was waiting for me. And I was just like, no, not for me, not oh, for me. Um, yeah. But I've always been obsessed with The Apprentice. I do, I do love it. Um, and then that same day, actually, I had an interview at my local co-op. And like, I went there and I got my first job. That was the first time I started like working. Okay. And that's then really how I started working and I was doing studying at the same time. Yeah, no
0: unrealistic uh, no. kind of. No, I didn't want to be an
2: astronaut or anything like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, a paramedic is pretty close, I think. Hats yeah. up to paramedics. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah.
2: i both in all of both teachers and yeah, um, paramedics. So they both do an amazing job. So. 100%. Yeah, fair. And,
1: and other TV programmes are available. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's interesting what you said about being the only female on your business, B Tech. Yes. I was, is that something that you've noticed kind of as you've gone through? Kind of from that age until, you know, in your first job and things like that, have you noticed that change at all?
2: Not as much, like, that was a big standout for me, like, being the only girl in business, but I haven't seen that as I go, necessarily, and, like, business at school was always geared towards, like, going into a corporate setting and running a business, like, being in their teams, whether you were, like, being a client account manager or being at the C-suite level or anything like that, so... They're not geared towards like running your own business. They don't teach you that really. They teach you like how like a bit about like how accounting works, like what the legal status of businesses are, like hierarchy, management styles, all of that kind of thing that you learn in business. Um, which actually like none of that's been useful. <laughs> but I think it made me at the time probably I didn't think about it now. But now I look back, it made me realise that like it didn't matter that I was a woman. I could just yeah. do, like, whatever I wanted. Yeah. And then I went on in my jobs, and I don't think I've ever, um, yeah, noticed a disparity like that. And then I did my degree, and um, it was, like, mixed male and female. And actually, when I started my business, I find there are more women I find in self-employment mm-hmm. okay. than men. And I think... Part of that's because it's flexible for lots of family people who've mm-hmm. got families. I think that's a big thing. Yeah. Also, I think the self-employed space is open to people who struggle to fit into like a corporate setting. Mm-hmm. Um, people who struggle with like the nine to five. People who um, might be neurodiverse. I mean, like I'm in a community of like the most amazing neurodiverse women running their own businesses. They're amazing, and. Um, that the biggest thing for them is like being able to run a business, and for, and for me as well, being able to run a business that's your choice, mm-hmm. yeah, and it fits around you. Like you haven't got a
0: boss. Okay, that's so interesting. What did you do your undergrad then again? Linguistics. So totally what different. Sticks. So
2: gotcha. I did my A levels, and I just I knew I had to pick something I I liked, and I really liked English language, and I was like researching English language degrees all over the UK because I didn't want to do lit. And um, I found Bangor and a couple of other unis that did linguistics. And then I was just attracted by the bilingual aspect because Mm. like that adds something unique to Bangor that you just don't you don't get anywhere else. And so um, I liked it because it involved psychology, science. It was involved like understanding things. Yeah, and I didn't have to, like, learn loads of languages, which is what people think when I say linguistics, <laughs> yeah, like... You didn't have to, yeah, you don't have to learn any <laughs> languages. You just... We did... Um, we studied, like, the science behind the English language and other languages, mm, but, yeah, I really loved it. Okay. And I didn't know what I wanted to do after that, so I decided to do an, a Master's, and I did that then. And it was only when... I was, like, halfway through my Master's, and I did a bit of temping at the uni, um, different departments, and then... Yeah, the admin job came up where I got a job after uni and I applied mm-hmm. for that and I did, like, wrote my dissertation and worked there at the same time.
0: Oh, OK. Yeah. well, that's well then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, firstly, you seem to have, like, a, a bit of an eclectic taste of, like, things you like. It's, like, yeah. it's not just one certain field it's a bit of everything but that's so interesting no and you know what's so interesting because like one of the things I might have done
2: was go on gone on further and studied speech language therapy Mm. but I knew I'd have to move away from Bangor and I really loved living here so I kind of wasn't sure what to do there and then when I got a job it kind of didn't matter Mm. but I've ended up like a full circle and now I work with with organizations that involve therapy and speech language therapy so it's like that's been a really nice, like, yeah. full circle, because often like, I understand a lot about what the speech language therapist is talking about from yeah. a scientific background. But then also, yeah, it's just nice looping back
0: to that. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. a nice story. Okay, so from your job in co-op, yes. right, first page job. How has your like career looked like since then like chronologically yeah
2: so co-op for sure I used to be a lunchtime supervisor in my secondary school as well if you're in sixth form you could be a <laughs> lunchtime supervisor and that meant like standing on a door and stopping younger kids going where they shouldn't go like that was fun Brilliant. and then I worked in like the school um, they used to do summer holiday programs for like year seven coming up mm-hmm. so I, I worked in those and then I moved to Bangor and I did various jobs at the uni so I was telethon phoner for like okay. the alumni department yeah. mm-hmm. student engagement I did those things What else did I do and then I got a job in a shop in Bangor High Street okay I did that for a while and I also before that actually I went and worked for three months at Eurocamp as a kids club like mm. person cool. so in my after my first year I went across to France did, like, a week's training in Manchester, went across. And then anyone that kind of came on holiday their caravans, or stayed in a, a static home or anything like that, they could bring their kids to, kids to kids' club. And I, like, worked there. And I worked with, like, five- to seven-year-olds. So for oh. the whole summer, we just planned and played. <laughs> um and that was good. I lived away from home, and I came back. And I was like, I love that experience. I wouldn't do it again.
0: Okay. <laughs> like,
2: yeah. yeah you, yeah, like, live and work with the same people. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, long days, a lot yeah. of hard work. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, I really loved it. I met one of my best friends out there. And yeah, it was so much fun. And it's like, awesome. again, like, you know, it's like pattern. So I worked with kids when I was in school doing the, the kids kind of stuff. Mm. And then I did the kids club. And actually while I was doing, I've done various placements as well. So like when I was doing my GCSEs and I did my business, I did an MVQ and I went and worked in a primary school on a Friday and, like, mm. did admin in the office. I wrote loads of random stuff. Oh. I did lots of work experience in primary schools. My yeah. mum works in a primary school, so, um, yeah, I just, like, did, I went down to different primary schools and did loads oh. of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of, like, helped me decide what I did and didn't want to do. Like, yeah. didn't yeah. really want to train so and be a important. teacher. So important,
0: yeah. literally. sick of if you th- can figure that out as soon as possible, that's the best way to do it, isn't it? But,
2: yeah. Oh. And I think everyone should work in retail because it teaches you a lot of lessons yes. <laughs> about working with people. Yeah. I'm and, sure. like, working with, like, you know, I don't want to say, but but bad managers, mm. bad supervisors, people that are hard to get along with, and the, and the public as well, which can yeah. be tricky. Yeah. And, like, doing those things helped me, like, be better at being around people.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. So, like, learning that was, like, Yeah. yeah
0: teaches you the soft skills that you need for jobs and everything yeah
2: and like who wants to stack shelves on a Saturday when you could be out with your mates but like you earn money you get to spend it like that that was yeah they were good skills I learned Mm -hmm. and then then I could go to anyone and talk to anyone because I used to have to like hold conversations at the till and I baked (laughs) bread in the co-op and random stuff (laughs) like that like all those kind of yeah soft soft skills that you kind of get I got those Mm -hmm. so people always said I came across as really confident even though that's how I appeared like I was always super organized on time but I would have lost my job if I didn't turn up yeah, and exactly yeah and I had to be like a face and like talk to people on the tills and yeah yeah so I think yeah, all of those jobs all played into that and yeah and then at the uni then I got a job in admin and that really quickly became a HR role they needed HR support I went to colleague men and did my HR qualification while I was working after my degree. And that's really where I thought I was going to stay, like HR. Mm. Um, yeah, it was just by kind of, not accident, I started my business, <laughs> but kind of as a side thing, yeah.
1: yeah. It's okay. interesting what you say about working in retail, because, yeah, I worked in retail, and the experiences you get, yeah. you, know, you can get customers who make your day, you get customers yeah, who so aren't so nice, and you have to kind of have this front, but I think as well, yeah. you just get used to a lot of things, and kind of you work out. Yeah. what you want and I was thinking you know how you said about being a paramedic I was in work and I've had to use my first aid skills so yeah, you goes. never know any experience is a good experience yeah, yeah because yeah. you can know Learn what you do or don't like sometimes if someone says to you what do you want to do or what do you like I don't know but if you say what def- you know what you definitely don't like yeah. so you yes. know what you <laughs> definitely so don't true. like so for me it's early starts and so if a job isn't an early start then automatically it's higher up on the list of things I might consider yeah that's definitely true like when I
2: was working at the kids club person like we were the first aid people on site so I I, we dealt with like first aid things Mm -hmm. so like I enjoy helping people like I knew that's where I wanted to be at some stage like helping people but I definitely didn't want to be a paramedic yeah, or anything definitely. like that so like yeah that like fleeting thought when I was like 50 14 or 15 I was like tell everyone I was gonna be a paramedic
0: I made the right choice that's good that's good you've made the right choice in the end yeah. <laughs> but um you mentioned a little bit when you were introducing yourself about you know what you're doing now could you perhaps tell us a bit more about maybe the best bits of your role? What works really well in that role for you and what you enjoy most about it, really? Yeah, so it's a bit, it's a bit complex what I do.
2: I just do loads of things, but basically anything that helps other businesses. So mm-hmm. most of the time, they're small businesses that need help. Usually when someone starts a business, it's because they're good at something like being a plumber or they want to help people, so they start a charity, stuff like that. Um, but at some point, the business grows to the point where you just can't do it all on your own. Mm. So that's usually where I come in, and then I do like various different p- areas. I like four. I call them four areas: like operations, events, HR, and digital products. is like the four areas I focus on. And I think the best thing for me about about doing this, doing what I do now, is I just get to work with different people, mm. and I plan my own workload, and it's flexible, so I can do what I want, when I want, which is hard because I like can give myself loads of work yeah. <laughs> or I need to earn money and that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, I like working with my different clients and I like doing something purposeful. Like I, we work with a few social enterprises, so they're not for profit. And mm-hmm. I know like everything I'm doing is purposeful because it's, mm-hmm. it's got an impact on their beneficiaries, the people that they're supporting. Yeah. And I just, I, thr- I thrive doing that and i I really enjoy building online courses as well like turning someone else's knowledge into something that can be taught to other people mm-hmm. is really good and making them like really high quality courses is important to me so I've, I love doing that so that's kind mm-hmm. of like where I yeah where I yeah. where I fall but I just like I like talking to people about their businesses and I like working out ways we can make them better. And I think that's like where at the core of my, the work I do for myself now is like, that's where it is, like yeah. work out what we can do better.
0: Literally just listening to you talk about it, you can tell how happy <laughs> you are. And I'm sat here thinking, oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you've nailed it for yourself. But, Thank um, you. Yeah, it does sound like you really enjoy what you're doing. I know you've spoken a bit about what you've done in your in your past, like leading up to, to now, but... Did you ever imagine yourself doing something like this? Or is it just like, you know, one of those, because it's not really a job you would know as stereotypically when you're really young, is it? No, I think if you'd asked me when I was a
2: child, maybe I would have said, yeah, I'm going to run my own business one day. Mm -hmm. I think I've said that occasionally Mm -hmm. in my life. But, like, maybe in the context of, like, owning a cafe or something like that, which is, like, a self-employed role you see people do. Yeah, you see people be electricians and plumbers and cafe owners and restaurant owners and stuff like that. But you don't see people owning different businesses, graphic design, I guess. And, like, there actually are millions Mm -hmm. of businesses that people do, self-employed. I think specifically there's no way I would have known and also the rise in online businesses like partly just because of technology but partly because the pandemic has played really well into what I do Mm. because it's like a revolution of people understanding work from home and remote working you know um so uh, really my biggest client was kind of coincidental in that they had to homeschool their children Mm. so they suddenly went from like having like, nine till three, Monday to Friday, to work on their business, to be Mm -hmm. like, right, we're going to be at home and like, that could be for next year. So, like, how can we get help? And that's where I started with them. Um, And I've been working with them for three years and, like, really, really love it. But also, like, I have a client in America. And, you know, he's he's across the pond. We have different time zones and things like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if he would have ever thought about, like, hiring someone from the UK. It's such a random thing. But, yeah, there's no way I would have known like, when I was a kid. And I don't think I... I always thought I'd work for someone. I always thought maybe I'd go and be in HR, like, once I decided that was where I was going to be, and go and do that. Uh, I didn't think I'd run my own business.
0: So you had, like, an idea, and all your experiences have led up to this, in a way, isn't it? Yes, totally. Like, I
2: do see that as, like, a whole full-circle thing. Like, every experience I've had, everything I've done is all put into this moment Uh of, like, running my own business. All the skills you get, all the things I've learned, really are really important to, like, running a business. Mm. I'm like, that's the thing. Like, apart from doing a business BTEC, I didn't really have... No one's had, no one's given me any formal training in running the business. I've just learned it. Mm. But I think because I worked in roles where I had to learn things as you go or you study when you're a student, stuff like that, I just carried on learning. Mm. So if there's something I don't know or a software I don't know how to use, I literally just teach myself. And then I get really good at teaching myself. I'm really quick, <laughs> and I can pick stuff up like that. Yeah. So... Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I can do most things really now because I've just learned.
0: You know, such a valuable skill.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think as well, it, it's good to know that people don't just fall into kind of the business they run because I think sometimes. You might see the TV programmes where they're these kind of well-known business people and they seem to have it all sorted. And actually, it's really interesting to learn about how that's come about for you and actually how those different experiences have fed into it rather than I think all too often we see people who seem to have been like, right, do this course, you get your job, that's that, that's it. Whereas actually, there's a lot more going on. And I think COVID, like you say, online, more we have expanded what is possible. There may be people mm-hmm. now are thinking more about Instead of kind of fearing it, actually embracing that to to do things yeah. differently. Yeah, like Alan Sugar talks about how like how he had to raise money to start his business. You
2: know, Richard Branson talks about like businesses that have gone wrong along the way, mm-hmm. like that you know that went businesses that went bad and then that's led him to where he is now. To start an online business, you don't need any money.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like I didn't have any money when I start. I didn't have any money to start my business. I think the the only thing I did was buy a website domain, and you don't even need that really. Uh, I just started and then, and it was really accidental because all I wanted to do was to make more money. So I just thought, how can I make more money? This is something I can do. And then it really grew from there.
0: So exciting. Yeah. Yeah. You should put your mind to it and you've made it happen. It's amazing. Yeah. We do have another question we're keen to get your contribution on. It's a big one, isn't it, Beth? Oh, yes,
1: it is. So, what do you call the meal you eat at the middle of the day? Do you call it lunch or do you call it dinner? <laughs> this
2: is a good question. So, as always, with anything that comes to me, it's not straightforward, okay? Um, I come from the Midlands, so we, like, I use all the terms interchangeably, because I've got family up north, family on south, obviously we live in Wales, so... Um, If it's a cold... Meal at lunchtime I call it lunch okay. If I cook something I call it dinner I don't know why right. It's just like In my head It's like packed lunches At school yeah. And school dinners Spin- They were ah, cooked Okay that's
0: so true Yeah
2: So you had a school oh. dinner Or a packed lunch Like one was hot One was cold That is so true i, I have never no,
1: thought Of it that no. way No Yeah I just I, I, I'm from You know Midlands area originally And it was always a thing Like it's lunchtime Not dinner It's lunch then dinner yeah. But then other people go Dinner and tea And then dinner a supper tea and yeah. gosh there's so many but that actually nice. that example of packed lunch cooked yeah, dinner
2: yeah makes sense. and then dinner time or tea time I use them both the same yeah yeah like I just interchange them but that's a lot that is a lot of like I think location influence because yes. when I'm back at home I have a really no, it's not brummy, but it's like a, <laughs> a bit like a black country accent no way and when I'm here I have a Welsh accent my family when I go home Aaron, my husband, he'll say, you sound really Brummie. <laughs> and my family say, you sound really Welsh. Oh, and like, sense. so my accent changes a lot. And I learned about that when I did my degree. So that's helpful to know. I can Gosh. school people about it. But um, yeah, I just, lots of terms interchangeably. Yeah. And now I bring, like, there's, a, uh, there's a lot of Welsh in my language as well. Mm-hmm. I talk to my dogs in like half English, half Welsh. So my brother's oh. saying with me and he's like, what does that mean? <laughs> I'm
0: like, oh, it's a Welsh <laughs> word. Oh, I love that. It's <laughs> brilliant. But no, it's different, again, I think, in the Welsh language as, as well. It's more for, like, well, I would say lunch for, you know, midday mm-hmm. and dinner for, Late. Later, <laughs> meal. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it other than dinner. But again, in Welsh, like, if you're talking about dinner time, like, the meal you have six, seven, five o'clock, whatever, it's like, um, tea, supper, it's like, I don't know, everyone calls it something different. And like yeah. you say, it depends if you're North Wales, South Wales. Yeah. Everything's different for no No simple answers here no (laughs) brilliant thank you for that but anyway back to the reason why you you (laughs) (laughs) are so finally we're really trying to get this podcast series to um give some top tips to our listeners is there any advice or maybe a lesson you've learned over the years that you would share with our listeners any top tips
1: or even just some advice you were given that you've actually kind of reflected and thought actually that was really good advice
2: oh my gosh there's so (laughs) much advice you know I've done a couple of talks now as well about like lessons from freelancing and I have to like really scale it down because that's like a million lessons I could give (laughs) but I think the biggest one is like to do just what feels right to you Like we tend to have a gut feeling and I have anxiety as well. So like often I don't know if I've got a gut feeling or if I'm just anxious (laughs) about something. But most of the time when something goes wrong, you say to yourself, oh, I knew that that wasn't going to go right Mm -hmm. that way. Like, I, I, you know, if I have a client who then, you know, didn't pay. like I knew at the beginning there was something not right about that client just following my instinct on that and just going mm-hmm. with that so you know I've turned away clients or even engaged clients even recently in the last couple of months where a new client will come on board and then something doesn't feel right mm-hmm. and like I'm turning away money and some people would disagree this like you just work for your money but I want to have a business where the people I work with are the people I really like and I, that I'm passionate about the work yeah. and I think every time I've tur- actually turned clients away or like disengaged from clients, someone else has come along that fits the yeah, bill better. better so I think I was filling my space with clients that just didn't weren't right for me maybe mm-hmm. right for someone else just not right for me mm-hmm. so I think to go with like your gut instinct or to go with what feels right for you and just lead a business or a or it, it applies to running to having a career as well in jobs just follow what works best for you and find Mm. your your own feet your own path like you know everybody is going to have so much advice (laughs) you know I can't count how many people give me advice people who've never been self-employed people who've been (laughs) self-employed for years like people who aren't working not working in my industry or are working in my industry like you have to take every bit with a pinch of salt yeah just go with what feels right to you and that will kind of lead the way nicely and I know
0: that's such a good point and Two of the things you, you said there, like um, liking the people you work for with, so important I think because gosh if you really get along with someone you just want to make them proud and you really yeah. want to do a good job for them so it's so important. Like it can be difficult working for someone who you don't gel with. The motivation it's still there obviously, you have to do your job yeah. but if you really you know respect someone and It makes it so much easier. But I saw this other thing as well on Instagram, though. So, you know, don't quote me. It wasn't (laughs) probably isn't even real. (laughs) But it goes about um, talks about what you were saying. Not sure if it's you like overthinking it Mm -hmm. because of anxiety or if it's your gut instinct. I saw on Instagram, not sure if it's true. We'll have to report back in in a year in a year time. But they said um, if you feel it in your gut, like in your belly, it's your instinct. Oh. And if you feel it in your chest or your head, it's you just it's overthinking. Yeah, overthinking. I don't know yeah. if that's true, but I thought it was quite interesting and it made
2: it me yeah. think of that. It's, it's right though, like, you know, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'm overthinking and I go ahead with the client anyway, mm-hmm. but then I'm still questioning it. So, you know, it's never too late to say no. Like I've yeah. done that with clients. Like I've it, it, it must be inconvenient to them, but I've bought them on board. It doesn't happen very often, but I've bought somebody on board onboarded them or whatever to my to my like how the way I work or the way they work mm. and then actually gone right this isn't going to be right and then mm. instead of just pushing through with that I just said like this isn't going to work out and then moved awesome. away there's never any time where you just can't say like no like, you know you said yes then you say no you can yeah. you can yeah. say no yeah. at any time and I think it's a lonely business running a business mm. which is different when you've got a job but only you know like the right answers yeah um along the way so just finding out like working out what they are at any point and yeah. yeah and then sticking to that is the best thing I think you can do
1: I really liked what you said about it's not that you're wrong for the client necessarily it's maybe the client is wrong for you as well because I think all too often we kind of think oh well I can't do it because I can't do it or I'm not good and you kind of get into that negative self-talk well maybe that job isn't for you maybe that thing isn't for you and actually that ma- that is probably something we should all try and do more of instead of Mm -hmm. us taking things on board but actually saying well actually maybe that isn't right for me whether that be a job maybe that be a client maybe that just be something in general that it's Mm -hmm. okay to say no and actually yeah
0: Yeah. something we need to say more of I think yeah people everyone says yes and then the yeah, very yeah. good work,
2: but yeah, and like it's a flattering thing when someone comes to you and wants to work with you because they've heard good things about you. Mm. But ultimately, if they're like not the right fit, it's not going to work properly. Yeah. And like it could be a dream job, but it's just not the right fit. Yeah. And. I think the clients I'm passionate about, the work that I'm passionate about, I perform better anyway. Yeah. So then that's all round good. If a client's chasing me, then that, for me that's a clear sign that there's something not right mm-hmm. because I'm quite proactive and mm. I like the work I do. And I think that's right. Like it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Just there's like there's millions of people out there doing the same thing as you do. My dad said that to me once. Like, why are you teaching other people to do what you do? <laughs> and then. And I get that, you know, in big business where you're looking at like huge market shares big companies that are taking like 20 30 40 percent of the market of course they don't want to sell their secret because they're taking like a huge amount of the market but when it comes to being self-employed and you've got like a business on my level like there are millions of people out there that need my services and there are millions of people offering it somebody that's not right for me will be some right for someone else Mm -hmm. so i'm not competing against any anyone people come to me because because it's me and they'll get what I deliver and I think you said they're like working for working with mm. that's the thing about running your own business as well like you're a partner with somebody mm. so if they if they treat me like we're not partners like I'm an employee then they sh- they should hire an employee because that's yes. what so that's the position they want yeah and I always work with my clients together mm-hmm. so that's a big thing like the terminology you use is so important like mm. if i say oh, i work for this client in my yeah. head i'm already putting myself lower than them 100%. when i when i say with we're working together yeah. and then like it's you're on an equal boundary and as a self employed person you have more power in that mm. relationship mm. so you sorry you set your own prices you work when you want you choose how you work you say no you say yes like you have yeah. way more power yeah. over that so yeah. Yeah. those like a key things to remember Excellent point
0: Oh gosh, so interesting. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Before we finish, is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything at all? No, I guess just that um I talk a lot
2: about business, what it's like running a business as like a small self-employed person and having anxiety over on Instagram at work with Georgina. So you can find me more there. And I always take questions from people. I always answer all my DMs. So if anyone's got questions about anything I've said or want more detail, then I'm happy to like respond. But thank you for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. And like I could
1: talk about my business all day, so yeah. maybe I'll be back. <laughs> maybe we'll have to do um, a twelve months later. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. And we can do a review of that Instagram post about whether you, you feel go. it in your gut or feel it in your head. And so you know that's too yeah. well, great. Thank you so much again, Georgina, for coming on our podcast. Oh, I really you. appreciate it. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed listening so yeah tune in soon for more discussions questions and remember if you have any suggestions for topics for us to cover or a speaker you'd love to hear from please feel free to send us an email on banker.ac.uk or better yet send us a dm to our instagram page at the employability service bye for now